Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pam. Hello. Everybody all right? Well, I think I'm set. I've got the uh, glasses. Jamie asked me, have you got your family glasses today? Better than that, I've got my own glasses today. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, as we um, go through Advent, preparing for Christmas, give us grace to make room for you, in the words of the carol. Um, Where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. Amen. So this is a busy time of year, isn't it? Everybody busy? or Hopefully some of you are not busy. Hopefully it's finding time to, uh, to just find some peace and pray as you get ready for Christmas. We've been quite busy as a family. Uh, last Saturday we went up to Newcastle. Uh, quite a long car journey. We were going to Newcastle to uh, to be with my son Jack and his partner Jen uh, for Jen's baby shower. Jen's uh, expecting on the 23rd of January, so it's very exciting uh, in our in our family. Anyway, on that long car journey last Saturday, uh, we put on the radio, uh, flicked through the channels to see what was what was on. And uh, came across channel, uh, sorry, Radio 4. I know, very high brow. And um, the announcer said something like, and now the next episode in our series, Soul Music. And I thought, well, that's good. We'll have some uh, Marvin Gaye or the Four Tops or something like that. No, nothing like that. It, in fact, was um, a documentary about a song called... Chavona Kalina. Now, you've all heard of that song, haven't you? Well, I thought I hadn't heard that, but as the documentary went on, yes, I had heard of it. It's a Ukrainian folk song. And this this song, uh, Chavona Kalina, I think I'm saying that right, um, was banned during the uh, Soviet era because it's a a song about Ukraine and, and... the, the need to uh, promote Ukraine, to protect it. And um, 
many people were in prison just for singing this song during the Soviet era. And in, the, and in, the, in these days of uh, the, the Russian uh, invasion and occupation of uh, Ukraine, this song has taken on a, a deep significance. So this documentary was about this song and how it was stirring the people of Ukraine and, and giving them uh, energy and uh, kind of power to keep going. I'll tell you about two people that the documentary uh, highlighted. There was a young woman, a refugee. She'd uh, left Ukraine to go to Lithuania. And in Lithuania, she thought, I've left my home. What can I do for my country uh, here, here in Lithuania? There's not much I can do. But she thought, what, what am I good at? I can sing. So she started singing this song, uh, Chavona Kalina, in little uh, bars and things. And anyway, people uh, picked up on, on her brilliant voice, and soon she was singing to uh, big crowds, festivals, and uh, encouraging people to support Ukraine. Uh, another person that was highlighted was a young man who'd... Um, who'd signed up to go and fight in the, uh, right from the start of the uh, Soviet invasion, sorry, Russian invasion. And um, he sang this song, Chavona uh, Kalina, as he went up to, to enlist. Anyway, this, this, um, the father was telling the story of his son. His son went to fight and he died on the front line. His, uh, the father was, was, was saying how proud he was of his son and what a noble sacrifice his son had made. This uh, documentary I found very stirring. Uh, it, it was incredible how a, a small piece of music could have power, power to inspire people. But it was also very sad. I thought, isn't war horrible that a father loses his son and a woman with great talent becomes a refugee from our homeland. We've, uh, we've seen so many refugees over the last few years, haven't we? Many of those refugees are fleeing war. So we've had people from Syria come to Europe and other places, from um, Afghanistan and other places, including Eritrea. Uh, Jane and me are, are blessed to have looked after two boys who fled Eritrea, both of whom have lost parents, really, as a result of war. War is horrendous. In our hearts, we know there must be a better way, a better way of life, a better way than the world's uh, propensity for war, violence and injustice. In fact, we desperately need God, don't we? There's an old uh, church notice board that goes something like this. No God, no peace. No God and no peace. We need God to know peace. In our reading today uh, from Isaiah chapter 2, there's a vision of the last days. The last days when war will cease. Instead of destruction and death, 
Swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. In other words, the weapons of war will be transformed into the tools of food production, into a means of economic prosperity. This is peace with justice, where people are fed, people are looked after. And this is what God's future looks like. It's not so much a prediction, it's more of an affirmation of the future reign of God. The time when God sets everything right. Jesus termed the reign of God, the kingdom of God. So we read a lot about the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And we pray for the kingdom of God each Sunday, don't we, in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this season of Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, we hear once again this strange account of the birth of a vulnerable child to a poor couple who are soon to become refugees. What good is this to a world of war? Well, Jesus is the one prophesied by Isaiah. And as Nathaniel was talking about last week, <clears throat> this um, book of Isaiah was written hundreds of years, perhaps 750 years before Christ's birth. Last week, if you were here, you would have heard this passage. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A bit earlier in the book of Isaiah, we hear that um, a sign will be given a virgin will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. So this reign of God, this kingdom of God is with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the kingdom of God in the flesh. Jesus embodies this future reign of God spoken about in the passage that... Um, Pam read for us, for us, Isaiah chapter 2. Jesus not only teaches us about peace, he is peace. The, um, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom, shalom, it's not merely the absence of war, but it definitely incorporates that. Shalom, shalom is, is life in all its fullness, as Jesus put it. This is a life of well-being, well-being for all. Isaiah 2 says, All nations and many peoples will stream to the Lord's temple. The Lord's temple. It's a strange passage, this. It's, it's um, talking about an actual place, isn't it? Uh, Jerusalem, the Lord's temples on a, on a mountain, Mount Moriah. And um, the temple is symbolic of God's presence with God's people. God is with us. And in Jesus, that presence that was in the temple is in a human being, Jesus Christ, God with us. So when, um, 
Isaiah writes about people streaming to the Lord's temple, all nations, many peoples. He's talking about Jesus, people coming to know Jesus. Jesus identifies himself with the temple in John's gospel. You remember uh, when he clears the temple in John's gospel, uh, the, peop- uh, the, the rulers ask him, uh, give us a sign, what, by what authority are you doing these things? And Jesus gives this uh, interesting reply. He says, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. He's talking about himself. God with us. Uh, The theologian Tom Wright uh, writes a lot about Jesus inaugurating the kingdom of God. That's a big word, isn't it, for a Sunday morning? Inaugurating. It means to, to kind of introduce, to usher in the kingdom of God. This kingdom spoken about in Isaiah 2. But we've got a bit of a problem, haven't we? Our present reality is nothing like this vision in Isaiah chapter 2, is it? And it seems almost cruel for us to hold this picture in the face of war in Ukraine, the face of millions of refugees around the world, the cost of living crisis, strike action to come in our own country. There was an American labor leader called Joe Hill, and he wrote this song in 1911. And in the song, a preacher says to a slave, work and pray and live on hay. You will have pie in the sky when you die. Pie in the sky. Is this vision in uh, Isaiah just pie in the sky? Something that we'll we'll never experience. It's tough, isn't it, seeing this, what the Bible says and living in the reality of this world. To make sense of this tension between the promises of God, of his future reign, and our present messy, messy reality, we need to grasp that the kingdom of God is both now, it is now, and, but it's yet to come, isn't it? It's now and it's not yet. Jesus has indeed ushered in the kingdom of God. Despite the reality of sin, we do see signs of God's kingdom all around us. When people love each other, when they look after each other, when people forgive each other, this is God's kingdom. And yet, evil persists. But the kingdom of God is coming in all its fullness just like this vision in Isaiah chapter 2. The kingdom comes in its fullness when Jesus returns to earth. That's a central theme that uh, Christians uh, have have, uh, come back to during Advent, that Jesus is coming back. That's good news, isn't it? God's not left us. Jesus is coming back. Sorry, <laughs> but while we while we while we wait for Jesus' return, 
we live in the time in between. In between his resurrection, where he ushers in the kingdom, and his return to earth. So in our days, in the mess, we need to look for signs of the kingdom. We need to celebrate all that's good. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we need to work for the kingdom. We need to work. But knowing that actually we need the presence of God. We can only achieve so much on our own, can't we? But with God, everything is possible. We need God's presence. And the presence is not just in a building, this building perhaps. The presence of God is in Jesus, now given to us through the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God. And hasn't it been lovely during our worship, worship particularly is when we invite God's presence amongst us. And I don't know you, over the last uh, couple of months, we've experienced God's presence, haven't we, in, in worship. And, uh, and have you been uh, blessed to come to our, our encounter evenings as well, when we invite the Holy Spirit amongst us? We need God's presence with us when we, when we attempt to do, to do what's right, when we attempt to do good things. Even, even something as mundane as a litter pick that some of us did yesterday, didn't we, um, Irene? When, when uh, somebody in a car pulls up and says to us, you're wasting your time, <laughs> he said to us, in an hour it'll be the same again. And I said, do you live here? And he said, no, thank God. And I said, well, it's not a waste of time, is it? Because we're doing, we're doing it. It's good to do this. I'd like to uh, kind of come to a close uh, by focusing on the last verse in this reading. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. St. Paul speaks of those who are in Christ as the new Israel. So this is really about you and me. So, come on, St. Margaret's little flock. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. I put an extra word there. Come on. Because this is, I think this is not so much uh, a kind of, you can walk in the Lord's light if you feel like it, if, uh, if it's a good day. This is a, a, a kind of instruction, a command almost. Come on, walk in the light of the Lord. In other words, live like God is real. Live his kingdom values. And live in expectation of this vision in Isaiah chapter 2. One of the, one of the ways for us to do this is to make peace and to keep peace with each other and to, to be at peace with, uh, with everyone as far as you can as Paul puts it in Romans 12 if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone live at peace maybe you, you need to hear that today I read a lot about peace this week as I was um, thinking about this passage. Here's a verse that struck me from uh, Proverbs. Uh, 
chapter 14. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. If we're not at peace, we get anxious, we get ill. In, uh, in my working life, I uh, meet some amazing people. I'm just going to tell you about a couple of them. I'll tell you about Elaine. Uh, Elaine's been in hospital for about over seven months now. She's got very complicated health uh, issues. I've grown uh, close to Elaine. And it's become clear to me that she's had a really tough life. One thing she told me uh, was that her mum was horrible to her. Her mum abused her physically. And remained unpleasant to her until the day she died. Elaine carries this hurt with her to this day. The hurt that her mum caused to her. Uh, Last week, I was privileged to give Elaine communion. And as we had communion, I I tried to encourage her to to hand this hurt to Jesus, to let it go and find peace. Even though this person that that, uh, had hurt her so much was no longer on this earth, let go of that hurt, find peace. Maybe you've uh, had similar experiences in your life where someone's hurt you. Give that hurt to Jesus today. Tell you about somebody else. Um, I met Maureen last Wednesday. I'm telling you this to encourage us. Maureen's an elderly Catholic woman uh, who told me that of her upbringing as a child with special needs. And her mum used to tell her about Bradford she said look back to the glory days but look forward to new opportunities Bradford used to lead the way it can do the same again do you know later that day I listened to Nathaniel's sermon we weren't here last uh, Sunday but Nathaniel last week was talking about Bradford wasn't he about um the low morale that, that, that can be found in Bradford and, and um, low expectation. And these words from Maureen, it was like God was saying, this is Bradford's future. It was like a, a message from God. I'll tell you, the last person I want to tell you about is, um, oh, before I do, Uh, as I said, I've been reading a lot about peace this week and, and been very challenged, actually. Uh, to be honest, sometimes I experience God's peace in a deep way, but often, I'm just being honest here, I, uh, I suffer from anxiety. I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. We live in anxious times, don't we? And some of us are very prone to anxiety. It's, it's, it's been a struggle for me for, for most of my life. Um, I, had, uh, I struggled as a, in adolescence uh, particularly and um, received counselling at that time. So this is uh, you know, a, a, a real challenge for me when Jesus talks about peace. 
particularly this verse that came to me this week. Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is a powerful instruction rather than an option. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Maybe God wants to say that to you today. I think part of the reason we feel anxious is that we know this life is not as it should be. It's not as how God desires it to be. We suffer from holy discontent. We're not at peace because we see that the world is not as it should be and we grieve for the world. I love the way how Nathaniel uh, used this image of the Jesus road last week. Sometimes we walk the Jesus road as Christians and that road is marked with suffering. Sometimes we're surprised by this. But should we be surprised? This road is the one Jesus trod, isn't it? If you uh, have time, read the book of Isaiah. It's wonderful. And Isaiah uh, prophesies Jesus and talks about him as a suffering servant. The servant who brings healing, salvation and peace through his suffering. Jesus didn't appear on earth as a superhero in a cape <laughs> and his underpants outside his... Uh <laughs> um, no, he didn't appear like that. He appears as a baby. He is the suffering servant who dies on a cross. This is God's way to bring about that vision in Isaiah 2 when there's peace, no more war. God doesn't take us out of suffering always, does he? But he's at work in the suffering. I'll tell you about one last person. My friend Matt rang me about a week ago to tell me he was sorry he'd not been in touch. He was sorry, but he'd been unwell and was due to have major surgery to remove a large brain tumour. I was humbled as he told me he was overwhelmed with a sense that God was with him and he felt at peace. He felt deep peace despite this serious suffering. Matt had the 12-hour operation last Thursday and is doing well. I pray he and his family continue to experience the peace of God. As I close, some words from the Christmas story. Isaiah 2 is an affirmation of God's future reign, inaugurated by Jesus, heralded by the angels to the shepherds on a hillside. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to usher in your kingdom. May we see your glory. And may there be peace between us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.